Hola y bienvenidos a la Daily Hustle. Soy Enrique Byrnes y presidente de mejor cerveza. No abate por No Filter Network. Miguelito San Diego, a.k.a. Bobby Ball, a.k.a. Bobby Barrels, as he is known in Savannah. Not with us today, but dead or alive, job or no job, in the snake pit or not in the snake pit, we salute our boy. Yes, 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 yes. Woo. Remember this, folks. When we are juiceful, we are useful. And when we are juiceless, we are class. That's right. We're fucking useless. Well, Kowalski last night was not useless. He actually was at the Arizona Diamondbacks game. And what prompted him to go to that game was an Instagram post that we put up on No Filter Network that literally got him to go and buy two tickets. He was sitting in the Bob Euchre specials of you from above. And really, if you think about it, Kowalski is that guy. And the guy I'm talking about is the one guy that grew up with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Now, he's a little bit older, so he was influenced by his father to become a Cubs fan. But he was there in his young childhood to experience the 2001 World Champions. He was there to experience the 2007 run that we had. So he took great pride, and he does take great pride in being a flatlander, as he likes to call it. Michelle Drew, by the way, good morning to you. Uh, We're live, we're interactive. Michelle is from the Phoenix area as well. But just so cool to see the Diamondbacks fans get behind this team. I have mentioned it for the past several days here on the Daily Hustle that this is going to be a moment for the people of Arizona to come together and basically say, this is our house. You will not be taking this over anymore. You sure shit will not be doing this in the playoffs. Just will not happen. And I don't know if I was just, I don't know, uh, blinded by this whole thing. But I will tell you, you know, with great confidence that it looked like the entire crowd was pro Arizona. You never see that. You just never see it. Dude, I played there. It was awful in the sense that the Cubs, more fans than us. The Yankees, more fans than us. The Yankees, whenever they came in there, more fans than us. The, uh, I, I mean, it, it was, the Dodgers, more fans than us. The Padres, oftentimes, would have more fans than us. And maybe it wasn't, but it's just the way those fans would show up. So, 
Anyhow, uh, it was an awesome series. Good for Arizona. They are going to go on to face either Atlanta or the Phillies. Game four of that series is tonight. If Philly wants to end this thing, obviously their best chance is to get it done at home. There's a lot of bad blood between the two teams now. Bryce Harper hitting two home runs yesterday and staring at Arcia, the Braves shortstop both times. I don't know the specific details of what was said, but basically something along the lines of like way to go Bryce or stay hot Bryce or something on the base running error that he made the other night. I will sit here and argue for the entire rest of the daily hustle that that wasn't a base running error at all. That was Bryce Harper putting his balls on the line to go ahead and try to score on that play had Michael Harris the second not come up with that ball. So I do think it was the right play. If anything, I guess you could try to say that Bryce maybe should have stopped directly as soon as he passed second base. But I love the aggressiveness in that situation. Look, <clears throat> Bryce is a fucking savage. He is basically like Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, Kobe Bryant. All of these great stars that every single time they take the field, they are looking for that motivation. And Arcia, whether he deserves it or not, became the dude to motivate Bryce. So Bryce is going to continue to hang his hat on whatever he can. When you've been at it as long as he has, a superstar since he was 16 years old on the cover of Sports Illustrated. You have to find things that get you going. Where are you going to get your juice from? Well, look, let this be a warning to the Braves, to Arcia, to anybody who faces Bryce Harper going forward. Don't give this guy any extra motivation. He doesn't need it. So, Anyhow, uh, it was cool to watch. Nick Castellanos, a couple homers for the Phillies. Tonight, the Braves have Spencer Strider on the mound. And he actually did not control the running game one bit in game one. And that was what really hurt him. So I would be hard-pressed to think that the Braves coaching staff has not talked with him and said, look, dude, you need to mix in a fucking slide step. So for those at home that don't quite understand what that means is if you're going to pitch, there's a couple ways to do it with a runner on base. One of those is being just a leg lift and go. The other one would be kind of a moderate leg lift and go. The third one would be a slide step. Now, a slide step, some would make the argument, takes away from velocity. And so pitchers don't want to sacrifice velocity with this slide step. As a hitter, I will tell you that whatever velocity you lose, you gain 
in disrupting the hitter's timing because this is quick. So if I have a big load, a leg kick, anything, it's hard to get ready for that pitch. That all said, look, Spencer Strider is one of the best pitchers in all of Major League Baseball. He has one of the best dirt squirrels perched on his upper lip in all of Major League Baseball. So I, I don't want to sit here and tell him what to do or what not to do. But if I was on that Atlanta staff, I would say, look here, bro. You got to shut it down. Seven stolen bases against you in that game one is not okay. All right. Today is the 12th day of October, 2023. I spent a good part of the morning writing the electronic daily hustle email communication that goes out to uh, thousands of people, actually. I'm not sure. How many? I take that back. I do know thousands of people open it because I check open rates. We're not bad. We're sitting in the 45% range. Mm. <sighs> per usual, coffee tastes fantastic this morning. So here is today's DH. <clears throat> Buenos dias. Today is Thursday, October 12, 2023. It is currently 29 degrees in Truckee with our first legitimate below freezing temps since the spring. So when I was writing this at 5.30 a.m., it was 29 degrees. Uh, we also had our first snowfall recording of the new season with a very light dusting along the mountaintops yesterday. On that note, Stormy Burns has officially come out of hibernation and will be on the scene with all of your latest Lake Tahoe area weather reports. Stay frosty, my friends. Last night, the Arizona Diamondbacks showed up and showed out and introduced the Dodgers to the snake pit for the first time, kicking L.A.'s ass for the third straight game. The win advanced the D-backs to the NLCS for the very first time since 2007. And yes, I realize many of you do not care, but I was on that 07 team. Uh, the Astros also beat the Twins 3-2 and advance the ALCS for the seventh straight year. While the Phillies pounded the Braves, giving themselves a chance to close out the series against Atlanta tonight at 5 p.m. Pacific time. So, look, this is going to be a huge discussion or should be a huge discussion going forward because greatness is happening year in and year out in Houston. A lot of people do not want to give them credit. They're always going to go back to the cheating scandal of 2017, but the Astros slowly but surely are becoming the greatest, or I should say one of the greatest, dynasties in all sports. This isn't a joke. Seven straight. Seven. American League Championship Series. That is insane to think about. Go back to... 2013, 2014, 2015, they sucked. 
they were terrible. And there's been some turnover in the front office too. There's been turnover with the managers. So it actually tells me that Jim Crane has done a fantastic job of hiring and firing. It wasn't easy to let go of A.J. Hinch. He didn't want to let go of A.J. Hinch. He was pressured to let go of A.J. Hinch. And he brings in Dusty Baker, of all people, who a lot of people would have argued, hey, well past his prime, what are we doing? And he's been nothing but fantastic for the Astros as they've continued their dominance in the American League. Uh, on this date, by the way, in 1907, the Cubs, three-finger brown, shuts down the Cubs. That's impossible. How did I screw this up? On this date, in 1907, the Cubs, three-finger brown, shuts down the Cubs, 2 nothing to win the World Series. This doesn't make any sense. I apologize with that. Courtesy of the Billy Bowl. Courtesy was another 109 years until the Cubbies won the World Series again. So they shut somebody down in 1907. I need Steven Luger on here to go ahead and tighten up my facts. But three-finger brown, uh, I, I, I am pretty sure it was the Cubs who won the World Series that year in 07. And I, I just, I'm also curious. Three-finger brown. Did he get that because he goes for a three-finger pour of whiskey? Or did he legitimately have three fingers? So some incomplete information on the on this date here this morning. I apologize for that. The Daily Hustle quote of the day. Yesterday is not ours to recover, but tomorrow is ours to win or lose. Lyndon B. Johnson, 36th president of the United States, of course, and the Daily Hustle translation of that quote. Win the fucking day. That's it. Today on the Daily Hustle Live Interactive Life Optimization Podcast on Infilter Network, we break down last night's MLB games and handicap tonight's game four of the NLDS. We also discuss baseball fans calling the Dodgers frauds. How about that? And where the Astros fit in with the greatest, worst dynasties of all time. Already got into that a little bit. And FYI, degenerate gamblers, you're welcome for this. Broncos Chiefs Thursday night football could be greatly impacted by severe weather ripping across middle America this evening. The OU is currently 47. And if the heavy rain, hail, wind do roll into KC... The under would seem like the logical play. Now, whether or not that weather actually does come in, it's dicey because the way I was reading the radar, and I did actually follow it all the way through 10 p.m. tonight, local time in Kansas City. The game starts at 7 p.m. local time, but they're right on the edge. So... If it stays above them and it stays to the north, there's a chance that it's not impacted. But if it does drop down, they might cancel the fucking game. I mean, that's how severe this weather is going to be. It's one of those things, though, that I got to believe 
there at least will be a shit ton of win. And if you ask any quarterback, the thing that affects the passing game more than anything, more than the cold, more than the rain, more than the snow, it's the wind. So if that is the case, bet the under. Uh, we also go over how not to raise a narcissist and explore six things we could do to bring more positivity into our lives. Yep, per usual, we're all over the board on the DH, so buckle up and enjoy the ride. I'm never quite sure where we are going. The Daily Hustle podcast can be found live at 8.30 p.m. or a.m. Pacific time. In this case, it was 9 a.m. actually. Plenty of typos this morning. On nofilter.net or later in the day on Apple, Spotify, Caffeine TV, Fubo, or wherever else you may choose to consume this podcasting greatness. So let me fire open the chat here for the first time. Buckwheat! Very pleasant. Good morning to you, Johnny Menyo Ramos Henderson in Makati City. Good morning. We are international once again. Amo, Braves got a big one tonight, buddy. So we'll see if they can keep that series going. All right. The two articles that I wanted to hit, we are a life observation podcast and jesse burns good morning to you as well if you're listening on apple on spotify a couple things for you if you want to listen live come to nofilter.net in the morning it's live it's interactive it's really cool experience immersive the other thing is if you could please leave a review please share it with a friend we're starting to make some waves not so much a daily hustle yet but deuces wild is going fucking wild pun intended we have cracked the top 15 for baseball podcasts, and we've only been up for like a month. So that, in my opinion, is absolutely huge. All right. So the first article that we're going to hit here is I get the spin wheel. I always debate whether or not to keep the internet on or off. And just a quick little tip for people who are constantly trying to get the best service that you actually can get. Sometimes it is using the internet and oftentimes it's shutting it off and just running off of 5G. All right, the one thing to avoid if you don't want narcissistic kids, there's a Bluey episode you might have seen where Muffin, a young dog, is told she's special by her dad. When Bluey and Bingo want to want to play libraries, Muffin thinks she doesn't have to follow the rules and ends up ruining the game for everybody else. When Muffin's dad finds out about this, he ends up backtracking and telling his doggy daughter she isn't actually special. And before long, the tiny pup is playing along nicely with her peers again. Using the S word is something a lot of parents have done at one point or another. I've done it myself in the past, but unfortunately it turns out that vocalizing such thoughts regularly is, well, probably not for the best. Narcissists typically have a grandiose 
sense of self-importance and need for admiration, according to the Cleveland Clinic. They might also come across as entitled, can lack empathy, and be willing to exploit others. Not exactly the most positive character traits. Family psychotherapist and young person's mental health expert, Fiona Yasin, says when someone has a grandiose sense of self, they truly believe they're entitled to and more deserving of special privileges and are often of the belief that others should recognize their special traits. People with high narcissistic traits can develop antisocial behaviors, adds the therapist, such as being unkind or cruel, trying to outdo or outperform others, and rule-breaking, which could cause problems later in life. For example, ending up on the wrong side of the law. The one thing parents can do, parents do that can fuel the narcissism. Yasin, who is the founder of the clinical director of the Wave Clinic, says one of the most common ways parents cultivate narcissism is by overindulging their child. And the research supports this. Overindulging in children can give them a false sense of confidence, leading a child to believe they are more special, more powerful, more intelligent, or wealthier than others can give them an elevated sense of self. The expert offers some problematic phrases parents might use that can lead to a child developing narcissistic traits, such as, you ready for these? Don't use them. You are more special than anyone else. Oh, fuck. The next one. I was nothing until I had you. Who the fuck would say that? I was nothing until I had you. I, I, I just can't imagine any parent saying that to their kid. I was nothing before I had you? We serious? I can't live without you. Okay, I would rather die than not have. I mean, what the fuck? What is this? Messages like these can breed an unhealthy sense of self. I mean, if this is what creates narcissists, I don't even blame the kid. I blame the parents for saying such stupid shit. Let's move on to the next article. I'm done with this one. All right, here was a good one. This is actually six actionable tips that lead to positivity. A leader's attitude is contagious. If a manager is cynical, they'll have a team and culture, an overall culture that is cynical of them and their work. Problems tend to hit them like a brick wall and then they fail. But if a manager shows genuine positivity and enthusiasm, not the toxic kind, toxic kind that makes people deny hardships to the detriment of problem solving their team can be much more motivated. Workers naturally build resilience. When they become confident, they can overcome their problems because optimism spreads. Leaders can use intentional tactics and principles to be a central source of positive workplace culture. Here's a six-step positivity playbook. Every team has unique characteristics with which will determine what positive strategies can be most effective for leaders. A younger team might be happy getting skills training because it builds their confidence, while a more experienced team might respond better to direct feedback that guides their confidence they already have. But a few go-to options can improve positivity 
for nearly any group. Here we go. Number one, expect and embrace uncertainty. Change is always here. People always have to live with it. But those who win out are the people who see the opportunity and adapt in the midst of change. Be willing to let go and learn can be exciting rather than stressful. And it's just said learning right there. Yeah, I like that. I mean, if you expect and embrace the uncertainty that we all live in, that's naturally going to provide this sort of positivity because we're going to embrace it with what? Hey, a smile. Number two here, control what you can't control. There are things a person can't control and there are things a person cannot control. Some of these elements will overlap, but often people worry about issues they can't influence and they spend time worrying about fixing those elements. Then they get overwhelmed and stressed. If people look only to what they can control, the number of points they worry about dramatically decreases. Even though their work might not be easy or fast, they can feel a sense of purpose from the growth and change they support in those areas. Okay, so that's number two. Number three, move past failure quickly. No one's perfect. Everyone messes up. But when a person makes a mistake, they have a choice. They can either beat themselves up and lapse into a pity party, or they can stay focused on the goal, objectivity, analyze, and learn. Objectively, analyze, and learn. They can get up and try again with a different approach as soon as they realize what went wrong. As Thomas Edison said, I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. In today's fast-paced work environments, the ability to recuperate fast translates to competitiveness. I do believe in that wholeheartedly. Look, we're all going to fail. And if you're not failing, we're not trying. And the other element of that is that when we do fail, we have to think about it like this. We're going to fail forward, right? Like this is not, I'll use baseball as a perfect example. As a hitter and an outfielder, someone on defense. I would learn from my failures. So, so I would be able to learn from a bad step. So if I took a crossover step like this and put myself in a difficult position to catch a ball, even though one of the greatest catches I ever made was in Cincinnati, 2002, I believe. And Barry Larkin hit the ball. I crossed over my right foot with my left foot putting myself in a really difficult position. The ball was carrying over my head. I was sprinting back, sprinting back, sprinting back. And I had to full send, full layout dive to get this in. It's sick play. But the irony of all of it is that I failed on that play. My first step was a failure. And then I actually was able to recover because I've moved past my failure, said, what can I do about it now? And ended up making the play. So that is definitely a way to continue to generate positivity into our lives. Quickly move past failure. Number four here, have gratitude and celebrate little wins. To some, a small accomplishment might seem insignificant, but to the worker, it might seem like the world leaders must pay attention. 
and know when a win is big for someone. That's number four. Have gratitude, of course. Number five, show faces. People are social creatures designed to respond to physical cues, including facial expressions. Leaving cameras off during remote meetings can leave the other party in the dark and block human connection. When team members are not face-to-face, request that they put their cameras on if it's convenient for them. I totally agree with that. I Look, I don't trust them. We were taking some calls early on with No Filter Network, and a few of them we would take, and the people would leave their camera off the whole time. And it was like, I, I'd get off the call, I'd go to jog. I don't trust this fucking guy. No way. He won't show his face. Like, there's something just weird and dirty behind it. And then Joe tried to explain to me that, well, with a lot of these younger people, they're sensing that the stream time is, you know, hurting their morale. I'm like, dude, fuck that. Fuck that, fuck that. Uh, you're not willing to show your face when we are? Uh-uh, not interested. All right. Number six here, be spontaneous. Anyone who has had to repeat the same task a hundred times can testify that too much monotony is maddening. I didn't even know that was a word. Monotony. Monotonous, I knew it was a word. I didn't know monotony was a word. People need a touch of the unexpected or they'll likely feel bored, disconnected, and stuck. Something as simple as asking your team one question taken from a book like 3,000 questions about me can get people talking and most people enjoy talking about themselves. All right, with this one, I will say that there's a, a quote. I'd have to go find it downstairs. But the idea of the quote was basically that if you want to keep a civilization and society going, we have to essentially continue to push people into new arenas and change things up. That is critical, very, very critical in the development of that person. And ultimately, what are we doing? If we're developing the people and the employers, whether they're just citizens or employees, whatever, then we are going to get the most productivity out of them, which is going to help everybody in the long run. But if you keep them in the same role, you're in and you're out, then people get bored with it. I can tell you that through my experience at MLB Network, there were times where I would go do MLB tonight and I'd get up and I'd do huh, it was MLB Central in the morning and my role was pretty much the same. It got fucking boring. It did. I was on autopilot and I had to check myself. There was a time, let's just call it when I first got into it, 2011, say 2011 to 2015. Boom. Like everything was fresh. Everything was new, had new roles. We're doing all this different shit. Really cool. Got to maybe about the 2015 range and maybe I'm wrong with this on the years, but I, I do know there was like 
call it like a 24 month stretch where I was looking. It was like, what's next? And it would probably happen around that 2016 range. And the reason being is that I was just looking for a new challenge. And it didn't even have to have nothing to do with a promotion, had nothing to do with money. It simply had to do with entertaining myself. Where, like, how am I going to challenge myself? How are we going to reinvent the broadcasting game in a sense? Not even reinvent, because I don't think that's the key, but how are we going to develop it? How are we going to take it to the next level? And one of the things was that we did was the Facebook Live, which then got me thinking during a game, during a World Series game, and then got me thinking about how we broadcast games in general. And the concept and idea was further developed when I ran into Chepe Pepe Manuele, and we talked about alternative broadcasts, and that was a creation of No Filter Network. That's crazy. I mean, that was like seven years ago now at this point, almost eight. So uh, it was, that's just when it was concocted in our mind. Then 2020, we put the thing into motion and have been slowly developing this over the past three years. But this was developed because we can't just stick people into this pigeonhole. Otherwise, two things are going to happen. Either you're going to get somebody to just, and the whole, that's the whole idea of stay in your lane, stay in your lane. You'll hear it all the fucking time. Look, there's certain times we need to stay in our lane, but there's certain times we need to get the fuck out. Really? That is uh, a wholehearted belief of mine if we want to get the most out of our team. All right. Dodgers go down to the D backs. They, had arguably the top two MVP candidates. Look, two of the top four, at least. You obviously had Acuna and Matt Olson in Atlanta, but Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, two of the very best hitters in the game, well over 100 RBIs, they struggled. It was a short series. It was only three games, but they struggled. And... The Diamondbacks, let's just say, were playing out of their heads. They are. They are a buzzsaw right now. The Dodgers didn't really have much of a chance. The D-backs obliterated Clayton Kershaw and then did the same thing to Miller the next day. Lance Lynn looked like he was going to be okay and then fucking bombs away, man. Four bombs before you could blink. So I, I can't even blame Dave Roberts. It's like, you want to get him out of there, but I can you? So anyhow, the fan base now is upset because this is the second year in a row. Last year, they got ousted by San Diego. So a lot of people are calling the Dodgers frauds. Look, a fraud is somebody that's pretending to be somebody they're not. If you want to look at what a great baseball player looks like, the bigger the sample size, the better. So if anything, frauds are the ones that get hot in the postseason and then over the course of 162, yeah, are mediocre at best. I realize that 
this is what the fans want. I realize that this is everything to what would be a Dodger fan, a world championship. But be grateful that you guys have been able to get to the playoffs and give yourselves this chance. Now, how the Astros keep doing it year in and year out, I don't know. I can't answer that. They have some studs on their team. Obviously, it starts with Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, who have just been consistent postseason performers. But you mix that in with a an Abreu. You mix that in with a Jordan Alvarez. And the team's <clears throat> virtually unstoppable. Seven straight American League Championship Series. So this article here says the Los Angeles Dodgers have reached a postseason in 11 straight years. And 15 times total since 2004. They've won the NL West 13 times that span. They have reached the World Series three times and have regularly featured a star-studded payroll stretching roster. And through it all, they've managed to win exactly one title in 2020's pandemic-shortened season. So when the Dodgers lost to the Diamondbacks Wednesday night, completing a three-game sweep to the end of their season, it was hardly a surprise that many fans and pundits around baseball. Sure, the circumstances of this particular loss were surprising. No team in baseball history had ever hit four solo homers in a postseason inning until the D-backs pulled off the feet against the Dodgers' starter Lance Lane at the bottom of the third. But in general, the feeling was the same come October. The Dodgers choke. It's just what they do. They have all these tweets here. And I mean, no, I'm not a Dodger fan. Are you okay? Like, Dodgers won 100 games in 2023. They won 111 in 2022. They won 106 in 2021. They won 106 games in 2019. And three of the last four full seasons of play, the Dodgers have had 100-plus wins and yet have been knocked out in the ALDS. It's unacceptable. <clears throat> All right. Look, is it unacceptable? In the midst of all of those, they have a World Series title. And here's the other thing. If you want to judge anybody in any industry, I am going to judge them over an extended period of time. Like I mentioned earlier, the larger the sample size, the better. The more I'm able to really get to know that person. So. For those people who are calling the Dodgers frauds at this point for winning 106 games in 2021, 111 games in 2022, and 100 games in 2023, you're fucking idiots. There's no other way to put this. Yes, they have self-admitted that they've struggled in the postseason. They don't know why. Maybe it is sitting out that wild card round. I don't know. But we all know that hitting is contagious. Success is contagious. So when you had Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman struggling at the top of that lineup, it just poured on over to the rest of the lineup. With all of that said, 
look, you still had to prevent runs. And that did not happen. Go and look at Clayton Kershaw's year. Everyone's asking right now, is he done? Is this over? Are the Dodgers through with the great Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer that is going to be? You're f- Once again, excuse my French here. You're fucking morons if you believe that Clayton Kershaw is done. He struggled one game. Clayton Kershaw had like a sub-2-5 ERA this season. Clayton Kershaw, if he was healthy the entire season, would be the Cy Young Award winner. He was on top of his game. For whatever reason, he got lit up. I don't know. He ran into a buzzsaw. He ran into a team that was hot as could be. He had one poor outing, and that was it. Now, look, if Clayton Kershaw wants to be done, he could retire and he'd be done. But it's not because of lack of physical skill at this point. When it comes to Miller, I mean, this kid is, what, 20 years old, 21 years old? The sky's the limit. There's so many good things going on with the Dodgers. The fact that people are calling for Dave Roberts' head is just stupid. It really is. You have to understand, if I'm upper management in the ownership group, or even if I'm Dave Roberts or Bob Guerin, Dave Roberts' bench shows, I would look back at what maybe we could do different in the postseason. What can we do different to prepare the guys to have success once the postseason does start? And what could we potentially do differently from a strategy standpoint? But look, they pulled Kershaw and Miller early. They pulled Lynn early. I mean, four solo homers at bam, 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 bam. It's not like this was this mounting rally that happened. So just overall with that, the Dodgers are not done. The Dodgers, if they had been winning, say, the division series and ending up in the championship series, we would be speaking about them like the Houston Astros. Look, the Houston Astros, along that same time period, right, very similar to the Dodgers. Yet I started the show saying, hey, where do the Astros fit when it comes to, like, the greatest dynasties in, in, in sports, where where are they with that? And I would make the argument that they're right up there at the top. Now, when it comes to overall championships, they only have two. But to end up in the championship series for seven straight years, who else has done that? I mean, maybe the Yankees when they were going on their stretch in the 20s? I don't know. Well, the Dodgers aren't that far off. They have that one championship. But the issue with the Dodgers is they've had a lot of trouble getting out of the division round. So, sure, internally you got to look about look to see what they could do better. But ultimately, I wouldn't touch a thing with the Dodgers. If you have something that's working, at least in the regular season, you go ahead and do it. Now, you might change a few things come next postseason. Maybe they don't win the division. Maybe they, maybe they get the wild card and that's their route. Who? Knows. All right. 
Uh, look, the other thing with the Diamondbacks, it was just so cool. The fact that the fans showed up, yeah, yeah, whatever. Not, not for, I don't want to dismiss that. that. I think that was like the big storyline for me last night. But remember a few years back when the Dodgers clinched in Arizona and then decided to go ahead and take a swim in the Diamondbacks pool? It was bad. I'm not even wanting to be oversensitive about something like that. But if I'm the Diamondbacks and there's another team that clinched on our field and then swam in our pool, you know what? Nah. Nah. That's my fucking pool. And if you want to go in my fucking pool, you better ask to go in my pool. And if you want to piss in my pool, you better ask to piss in my pool. You don't just go in my pool like that. That's rude. I, I, I got a neighbor right here, right? Never been in the pool. They've invited me several times to the pool. Never been in the pool. The pool's a pool. It's a sacred place. It's a special place. You don't just go in somebody's pool like that. Well, the Dodgers did. And so then last night, the Diamondbacks, of course, clinched at home for the first time since Luis Gonzalez hit the bloop walk-off to win the World Series. That's the first time since that they've clinched a postseason series. Our 07 team did it in Chicago. So because of that, well, what'd they do? They went fucking swimming. It was awesome. So here's a great shot of the boys last night cutting loose in the pool. All right, we're 47 minutes in this thing. Actually, I stopped probably about 45. I'm on a time crunch here. Supposed to be 47 minutes. So we have probably less than a couple minutes left. Tonight, it's the Braves and the Phillies. Game four. I was going to go over an extensive preview. Don't have time. It is crazy how I could talk to myself for 47 minutes. Deion Sanders is pissed about his Friday night game. We'll go over that tomorrow. He is not happy about playing at 8 p.m. And then Mark Stoops. Oh, I like this one. Uh, Mark Stoops was talking. Uh, the Kentucky football coach was talking about how Georgia bought some pretty good players. And what was a big deal to say that, I don't know, a year ago, is now like, yeah, that's exactly what Georgia did. Uh, Kentucky and Georgia said, uh, I say epic battle, was a battle. I mean, Georgia had fucking donkey stomped them. Uh, and then the Cowboys sound absolutely delusional. Uh, somehow popping off after that 49er loss. It doesn't make any sense to me. We'll go over all that on the Daily Hustle tomorrow. Uh, potentially a live alternative broadcast tonight with that Phillies game. I don't know. Who knows? Might throw something out there. Everyone have a fantastic day, and I'm going to leave you guys with a little James Allen. As we like to do, effect of thought on circumstance. Here we go. A man's mind may be likened to a garden, which may be intelligently cultivated or allowed to run wild. But whether cultivated or neglected, it must and will bring forth. If no useful seeds are put into it, then an abundance of useless weed seeds 
will fall therein and will continue to produce their kind. Just as a gardener cultivates his plot, keeping it from keeping it free from weeds and growing the flowers and fruits which he requires, so may a man tend to the garden of his mind, weeding out all of the wrong, useless, and impure thoughts and cultivating toward perfection the flowers and fruits of right, useful, and pure thoughts. By pursuing this process, a man sooner or later discovers that he is the master gardener of his soul, the director of his life. All right. Uh, full of shows. That was certainly one of them. Appreciate everybody joining. If you could so kindly leave a review on Apple Podcasts and share this with a friend, I would really appreciate it. That's it. Everyone have a fantastic day. Shit.